Hi, this is Varun Harun. I'm Managing Director for Asia and Middle East with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking about zero trust. What is it? Why is it relevant? And how can you achieve it? And it's my pleasure to be speaking with Fernando Serto, who is Head of Security Technology and Strategy in Asia Pacific for Akamai. Hi, Fernando. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Varun. How are you? Glad to have you on the podcast, Fernando. Let's set some context around this. What is the concept of zero trust? What does it represent and why is it relevant in today's landscape, in your opinion? Sure. To give a little bit more context, I'll probably go back to how we've been building networks for the last few decades. Right? So the idea of a corporate network was really you have a computer sitting on a desk somewhere. That computer is plugged into a network. That network will eventually have the right sort of controls to see what you have access to and what you don't have access to. What ends up happening in a lot of organizations is that people used to come into the office and they had this concept of inside the network. right? So if you are inside, you are trusted in a way. And the access into particular applications was really done at the application level and not necessarily from a network perspective. So even if you are, for example, a normal user and you shouldn't have access to finance systems, for example, the server, the application, the finance application was the one that dictated if you had access to that application or not and not necessarily the network. And I think over the years, we've seen plenty of data breaches where someone managed to get a foothold inside a network, be it with a, you know, malware or advice or even exploiting a vulnerability on a particular system. And eventually, they have the ability to move laterally from a, a network perspective. So if you exploit one vulnerability in one server, typically you have access to a bunch of other servers in the network because that's just how we've been configuring firewalls for a long time and really relying on the network to provide these security controls. Uh, the problem that this causes is the fact that users and applications have pretty much left the building, right? So applications are living in places like infrastructure as a service providers or in remote data centers somewhere. And your users are not necessarily coming into the office anymore. So this concept of inside the network being physically inside your premises doesn't really exist anymore. So you end up with a, you know, someone remoting accessing your network remotely. And from that device, they typically have network connectivity to a bunch of servers that they really shouldn't. So it's really, you know, a way of removing trust from location, from network, from devices, and really putting trust into who the users are and what are they actually trying to access and should they be authorized to see that or not. Right. So essentially, I think what you're saying is once an attacker is within the environment, then they're able to move freely laterally because of the way things were structured in this legacy kind of mindset, legacy infrastructure, uh, that lateral movement can happen very easily. But that all points to a perimeter centric, defend everything kind of mindset still prevailing. Why is it so? Why haven't organizations already embraced this concept of zero trust, which makes so much sense? I think the biggest challenge is that some people are averse to change, right? So we've been building networks for, as I said, decades in the same manner. So this idea of people understanding traffic flows and understanding, you know, which devices in that flow are the ones that control the access, it's a very different mindset to start to change. And I think the biggest problem that we have and why uh, sometimes it is difficult for, for organizations to adopt this methodology is the fact that people are still thinking of tackling this as any other IT project, right? So it's a, a rip and replace type of approach where you start to look into all the devices that you already have and looking for the next generation of a particular device. And it's usually a, a big project for the organization to undertake. And, you know, sometimes it falls on the too hard basket. And I, I think, you know, what we've been doing with a lot of organizations is really facilitating that, right? And showing that uh, you can start 
changing your security posture today, and it doesn't need to be a big bang approach, right? You can do sort of a phase rollout and without any disruption to, uh, to how the users access uh, the, the applications that they need on a day-to-day basis. So let's talk about what Zero Trust looks like in practice. What do you recommend organizations do to start the journey? What are some pain points that you commonly see with organizations when they're trying to implement Zero Trust? What are some key milestones that they need to hit along the way? Yeah, I think understanding what they have and what types of applications they have and what type of data they have, understanding who the users are. I think having the ability to start tackling smaller pockets of applications or smaller pockets of users, I think it's probably key to this type of transformation, right? And not really looking into revamping the whole network, right? So we talk to customers who have, I'll call it a hybrid approach, where they haven't moved 100% of the applications onto this new methodology yet but they are definitely very far down the road on that transformation. I think the biggest challenge that we have is that it almost feels like zero trust is an overutilized term. And I think there's a lot of vendors out there who are calling their solution zero trust as well. But, you know, in reality, there's still a lot of, uh, you know, you need to replace boxes. You need to put the next generation of uh, whatever device that they sell. And I think, you know, probably the biggest pain point is knowing where to start. Right. And I think a lot of the challenges that we've seen our customers go through in the last uh, couple of years since we started on this journey ourselves, it is really how do I start and where do I start? Right. And, uh, and not, not tackling this as a, as a big project, as, a, as I mentioned before. Right. Before this interview, you were talking and you spoke to me a bit about how Akamai did it internally with its IT. So what motivated your organization to take this approach and how did they achieve it? Yeah, sure. It's actually a really interesting story on what motivated us to go down this path of zero trust. It started in 2009 when there was a big, I'll call it a nation state operation called uh, Operation Aurora. And that was targeting a lot of technology vendors in the US. And the idea of that attack was really to try and steal intellectual property from all of these technology giants. So Google in January 2010 from memory publicly disclosed that they were the target of this particular attack. Akamai was also a target on this attack. Probably the difference there is that we got a little bit lucky that the information that the attackers were looking for just did not exist on our network. But the attack was really targeting a domain administrator. From then on, because they had domain admin credentials, they managed to move around across the whole network and they just could not find the information that they were looking for. But we had evidence of, uh, of this lateral movement and hopping from server to server, for example. So since 2010, we've been looking for ways, solutions to improve our own posture. So one of the things that that we started very early on was really every device that connects with any application that we have has to have certificates, right? So they have to be managed. They don't need to be owned by Akamai, but they have to be managed by Akamai. So without the certificates, you can't really do anything. The other thing that our, our security officer really wanted was to get rid of this concept of inside and outside. Right? So if, you, if you're trying to access an application, it shouldn't really matter uh, where you are, if you are, what type of network you are, what IP addresses you're coming from, and obviously geography. The experience should be the same, right? So it should be seamless for the users to access applications if they were inside the office or outside of the office. And one big key factor for us was that we wanted to get rid of the passwords, right? So the, the fact that the breach that we suffered was based on, you know, someone managing to, uh, to steal domain admin credentials. We really wanted to get rid of, of the passwords. So for us, it was a, a journey that started nine years ago. 
And we finally at a point where we almost done. And uh, well, I don't think we'll ever be done, but I, I believe that, you know, we're very, very far down the track. And, uh, and it, it all started really with, a, you know, how can we remove the users from the network, right? So if, if we tick all the boxes that our chief security officer wanted, um, the last one was remove everyone from the network. So if you don't need to worry about firewall rules, if you don't need to worry about where people are sitting and the access into the applications is still controlled in a very granular way, um, we pretty much don't need to, uh, to, to worry about uh, you know, IP addresses and firewall rules and things like that, right? On uh, on both sides. Um, so we we had a, a we went through an, an acquisition of a, an organization called Soha Systems back in 2016, and our relationship with them started with uh, we had a lot of third parties that needed access to a few applications and and files and things like that inside Akamai. And the way we used to allow X was we used to ship them a brand new laptop with the right certificates, the right credentials, the right clients, the right software and everything else. So they could actually do um, this contracting work for us. And um, it, it was a very expensive exercise. It was difficult to manage. Um, if if the, those devices hadn't been used for a few months, next time they, they power them on, they had to apply patches. They had to um, update client software and everything else. Right, accounts were locked, and it, it, it was an absolute help desk nightmare for us. Um, so we found uh, this organization called Soha Systems, and they were really providing a very easy and granular uh, way to access applications without even having to open firewall ports. Right, so uh, not having to allow people into the network and still providing access to an internal application to an external party. Um, in the end, the trial that we were doing and the uh, the implementation went so well that we ended up acquiring that company. And it was really on the premise of, uh, wow, it's really solved a lot of our issues. I'm sure we can solve the same sort of problems for a lot of different organizations out there. And that's how we started to help other organizations back in 2016 on how to move on to zero trust architecture as well. Right. So 2010 to 2016, what do you think this has done for your security posture in terms of how proactive and predictive you can be now vis-a-vis the way it was before? So the biggest difference is the attack surface, right? So we shrunk the uh, the attack surface drastically now. You can't really do any reconnaissance on Akamai corporate network anymore. There's uh, there's nothing that even if, if someone brings a compromised device from home and they are in, in the corporate Wi-Fi in the office, they wouldn't see anything on the network, right? So there's no access from a network connectivity. So if, even if you are running just simple things like, uh, you know, a ping sweep or a port scan or anything of that sort, you wouldn't see any applications available, right? Everything has to be authenticated and authorized first. We use push MFA or multi-factor authentication today. So as soon as you request an application, you get redirected to our identity source. That identity source will validate the certificates on your device and will send a push notification to your mobile device. And from there, you can approve your own access. So it's a very different way of getting access and not really relying on, you know, usernames and passwords anymore, right? So we, we don't even have the, the chance of someone writing down the username and password and uh, putting on a on a sticky note under the keyboard because even if someone gets hold of that they can't really use that for anything because none of the applications would even request the username and password as uh, as inputs 
Right. Just to illustrate your journey, kind of emphasizing the major goals or milestones that you hit along the way, what is it that organizations need to plan for when they embark on the zero trust journey in terms of some of the things that they need to prepare for, some of the prerequisites that they need to have in place? I think being able to understand what the application landscape in their environments look like, I think that that's probably key. Looking into a lot of our customers, they start with very, very specific use cases, right? So I, I mentioned Akamai IT's use case for starting on this journey was really, you know, driven by the fact that we were using contractors for, for a bunch of services in different countries, right? And, and they needed access to some systems internally. So the third-party access is, is a very big use case for us. Um, looking to, you know, customers who are moving into different uh, cloud environments, right, like Azure and AWS, for example, and how they're managing the application space within those environments, how they're providing access to internal applications that are now living in in, uh, in public clouds. There's uh, mergers and acquisitions. So as soon as we see two organizations that, that merge or they form partnerships of some sort and they, they haven't really migrated everyone onto the same network, that's usually a, a great place to start because both organizations will start to uh, to consolidate a lot of the, the applications that they use. So you can start allowing access from you know both sides of the fence to both applications without really having to even link the two networks together. Right. So it, it is a very agile way of, of allowing access into, into applications. And we, we have customers who, uh, from the moment that we create their accounts in, in our systems, it takes them minutes to start publishing applications. So as I said before, right, this doesn't need to be uh, tackled as most IT projects are tackled. Right, fantastic. Doesn't need to be a big bang approach. You can do it a piece at a time, but uh, very fundamental in terms of how your strategy changes. Thanks, uh, Fernando, so much for that uh, fantastic insight today. No worries. Thanks for having me, Barun. Absolutely my pleasure. That was Fernando Serto, who is head of security technology and strategy in Asia Pacific for Akamai. For ISMG, this is Varun Haran. Thank you for listening.